I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth in Mission. Coming up shortly, we're chatting with some of the city's most glamorous drag queens about the importance of voting in the November 3rd election. But first, I want to tell you about another election-related project from the Chronicle. It's a special podcast series from Washington, D.C. reporter Tal Copen and It's All political host Joe Garofoli. It's called Chronicled, Who is Kamala Harris? And it's coming on Monday, October 26th. We'll tell you everything you need to know about the vice presidential nominee, and we've got a lot of great material since the Chronicle's been covering her since 1994, longer than just about anyone. Hear about her childhood in Berkeley and how that shaped her, about her time at Howard University, about her political career, and about that central tension that's always been at the heart of Kamala Harris. Is she a progressive or is she a cop? Or can you be both? It's called Chronicled, Who is Kamala Harris? The whole series drops on October 26th, but get over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe now so you don't miss it. Okay, let's get to today's show. Producer Karen Creighton and I visited Manny's, the civic engagement space at 16th and Valencia in San Francisco, to see its 18 outdoor victory booths. Those are socially distant spaces with tables and chairs where volunteers can write letters to swing state voters. Manny Yakutiel invited 18 of the city's most beloved drag queens to staff the booths and write letters to voters in Michigan. Manny himself was dressed as a saucy blonde drag queen named Tanya Tumeric. He and some of the other queens talked to us about why it's important for San Franciscans to help get out the vote all over the country. Here's Manny. Manny, so can you describe what the Victory Booths are all about, how long they've been up, and, and what's been going on inside them so far? Yeah, so the Victory Booths um, are about allowing Manny's to continue to achieve our mission. And our mission is to create space for people to become, to get involved in civic life. Right? That's what this place is. It's a physical civic space. And we were trying to figure out a way to keep doing that. Um, given the circumstances we're in, and the Victory Booths are the answer to that. So they are safe, distanced booths where, that are built for people to come and participate in our democracy. Right now that means phone banking, text banking, and writing letters to swing state voters. And so it is very much like an outdoor campaign office with food and drinks that is operating um, seven hours a day, every day of the week. Wow. And people sign up to do it? About half the people sign up and half the people just show up. Yesterday we had about 35 people sign up and about 35 to 40 people just show up and say, and it's so great, they all say the same thing. I knew I had to do something. I wanted to do something and so I came here. And we're like, great, here's a packet, write some letters or get on your computer, make some phone calls. And so this is really about answering um, the, the need, the desire for people, especially in the Bay Area, to do something in the final days before the election. I think a lot of San Franciscans are frustrated that like, they know basically how the city is going to vote and how California is going to vote, and they don't know what they can do to make a difference you know, in that circumstance. So what would you encourage people to do? Well, first of all, I would challenge that feeling of, well, I don't need to get involved because we're in the Bay Area. I think actually the country expects the Bay Area to get involved, right? The country needs us. And actually, because of the pandemic, everyone can get involved equally no matter where they are in the country because it's phone calls and it's texts, and you can do that from wherever you live. So I don't want to hear that excuse. Um, We are the seat of the resistance, and 
There aren't a lot of cities that could write 25,000 letters to swing state voters from a coffee shop on the corner, right? Like we have power here uh, to affect this election. And so I want San Franciscans to know that. And I think they do. Um, and the second thing I would say is we're going to win this election because of the power of our community and our conversations. And so the, I would say throw yourself into the conversations, do the work, make the phone calls, send the letters, make sure that your relatives in swing states are voting the right way. And, and I'm confident that if we do that, we'll win. But we can't be apathetic and we cannot assume that the result is a given because it isn't. And how did this event with the 18 drag queens come to be? Oh, so it's this event came about when I, I reached out to Honey Mahogany and Grace Towers, who um, I'm, I am, I feel lucky to live in a city with a Honey Mahogany and a Grace Towers. Because they exemplify what you can do when you live fully yourself and you're not, you are unapologetically yourself and demand a seat at the table. So I love Grace Towers and I love Honey. So I, I texted and called them and I, and I told them, what if we filled the booth with drag queens? They shared, they posted. We kind of brought you know, some queer to the corner um, and had a little bit of fun. And uh, it was, a, I'm, you know, we're bringing lots of different politicians and activists here. David Chu was here right before the drag queens. Um, and so it's all about bringing people to these booths to get involved. And the thing is, drag queens have a very large following. And a lot of times that following doesn't get um, asked to be involved as much, you know what I mean? They're not they're they're not the people that necessarily are going to the Democratic campaign office every single you know election cycle. So that's actually the perfect, that is the perfect perfect you know community. Mara, you know she's got this amazing community in the East Bay that if she tells them that she wants them to show up, a lot of people are probably not telling that community that that we need them to show up. So I'm really excited that right now there's 18 queens who are all, you know, telling their community to come out here and get involved. And what will you do on Manny's on Election Day? I am in conversation with the city about shutting down the block and having tables and chairs and, and dining while watching the results. But we haven't gotten the approvals yet and the permits. So um, we, we're going to try to do something outdoors at Manny's that's socially distanced. And if we can't do that, then I have a couple other ideas that I'm not going to share with you. <laughs> you always have big ideas. If you're able to shut down the street, and we do know the results early enough that people are still out and about. What will that be like? If we win. Yeah. I feel like I've been living in a nightmare for the last four years. I remember when I woke up after election day and I was, to I was told the result and I thought that I was still sleeping. You know, it was so much shock. I truly believed that Hillary Clinton was going to win, and I was excited and proud about that. And so I think the way I'll feel probably in that moment if we win is like that will be, I would describe it as the nightmare is over. You know, that I actually can believe in this country again, believe that we have set ourselves back on the right track, on the right course, and that the nightmare will be over. You know, I'm, a re I'm really ashamed that he's my president. I'm ashamed of him. He re I don't, I think, I, not only do I not think he represents the best in us, which is what I think the president should do, but in many ways he represents the worst of us. The basic, the most basic fears, nativism, xenophobia, bullies, you know, the things about society that we want least to emulate, I think are encapsulated in him. 
and I'm very ready, and I think I speak for all the queens out there, for us to have someone who represents the best of us again. Great. Well, it was nice to talk to you. Thank you, Heather. Let's hear now from Mara Guevara, an Oakland drag queen with big pink hair that looks a lot like cotton candy. So, Mara Guevara, um, welcome to Manny's. What are you up to today? There's 18 drag queens here, and what are you doing in the booths outside? We're actually connecting as a community that I feel like we haven't in a while, and it's to fight, you know, Trump basically, you know, and it's to get together and fight for minorities, fight for women, fight for trans, you know, trans people, people of color, and we're here for Victory Boost. Victory Boost is to help and send undecided voters some letters. And what is a better touch than a big old queen from San Francisco to do it, you know? You, I hope they feel the glove, and I'm going to put a little glitter in there as well so they can see, you know, that I put some blood and sweat in there as well. So you are sending letters to um, Democratic voters in Michigan who don't vote very often just to try to encourage them to get to the polls by Election Day. And what is the message that you're writing? Everybody's giving their own little personal touch. Absolutely. My parents are war refugees from El Salvador. And they came um, basically in the 60s and went back to live their life. But we had to leave because American forces came out and take, took our, our home and our land. So we came to the United States, you know, for a better life. So I'm here for my parents. Both of my parents are gone, but I'm also going to keep working hard and make them proud. And that's my message. It's my message is you can come from anywhere in the world. And this is an amazing country. Let's do it again. And um, I know in San Francisco, we often are kind of preaching to the choir when it comes to elections, and everybody knows that we're going to be very blue on election night. Um, how do you get the word out to people beyond San Francisco and California in terms of the importance of voting this year? We're actually doing it right now, and that's through the Victory Booth. And that's um, it's something we needed in the Mission District to show, you know, that we're here to fight for everyone's rights. So that's what it is, is we're living our lives and being loud and proud and making sure that we have making sure that we have that vote coming. Whatever you want to vote, just vote. As long as you vote and you, you exercise your rights in American as an as an American. And during the pandemic, how often have you been in drag? Is this like a first time in a while? Um, I've done some videos, but that's for the young kids, you know. Us older queens uh, get feel a little awkward. We like to be touched and drink, but we can't do that right now. I actually run a business, so I haven't got in drag as often. Um, but this is an outlet to me, and I haven't had an outlet in months. So imagine that you can't do journalism for months because that's your passion. So imagine not being, being able to have that outlet. So I haven't had that outlet. Um, I love my restaurant. I love my employees. But this has also been the hardest moments of my life to take care of my employees, you know, to make sure that everyone's okay. You know, it's gotten pretty dangerous around here. We actually been tagged, you know, by uh, su Trump supporters. I've been called, and I'm sorry for the word, but I've been called a spick and a faggot here on the corner from a truck. And I left Texas a long time ago <laughs> to get away from that, you know? So those are the things that we've been going through in the Mission District, you know, so you can imagine not having that outlet. So it's been really hard. So does it feel good to see your fellow queens out here? Absolutely. Representing, if you see every shape, every color, every size, it's beautiful. And that's what San Francisco is about. We ran away to be freaks and, you know, geeks and, you know, give love to each other. So it feels wonderful. You know, it's, it's emotional and I'm full of joy right now. Well, thank you for talking to us. My pleasure. Thank you. 
Here's Sister Roma, one of the city's most famous drag queens and a leader of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. You know what, I'm from Michigan. So when they said that we were writing letters to voters in Michigan, I just about lost my mind because I, you know, I was gonna wear red, white, and blue today because I figured it's a voting thing, it's election, it's America. But I'm wearing only blue because I want people to vote blue and to be really perfectly honest, I'm not proud of America right now. And that's not saying that I'm not proud of American people, because I am. I'm proud of most American people. I'm proud of the American people who trust science and listen to the experts, the American people who are out there marching in the streets for Black Lives Matters, for Black Trans Lives Matters. I'm proud of the majority of Americans who are doing the right thing. But I'm not proud of America. I'm not proud of where this administration has taken our country. I'm not proud of the response to the pandemic. There's so many things I'm not proud of. There's, it's just, I couldn't wear red, white, and blue today, which is really sad to me. So I hope after November 3rd, my love for the American people can transfer, translate into love of America again, because I'm a very, very proud American. Like, I think this is a wonderful place to live. I realize I have privileges here that I wouldn't have so many other places, especially being a, a gay citizen. I mean, it's just, it's important to me to be here and try and convince these voters to get out and vote. Because really, we have to vote like our life depends on it. Because it does. What if things go how you don't want them to go and you find out that Trump is in for four more years? What do you think that would mean for you and for San Francisco? Well, we are a strong community where we are always on the right side of every issue. We will continue to fight. We will continue to march. We will continue to do the right thing. You can't keep us down, especially the gay community. I mean, this is not our first pandemic. We rose out of the ashes of HIV and AIDS and showed the rest of the world how to face the pandemic head on with compassion and education. And we're going to fight. We're just going to keep it up. There's just no way that, that you can keep San Francisco down. And um, how often are you dressing up during the pandemic with shelter in place? Are you getting all dolled up very often or do you? I have been getting really, I've been so busy this year. Yeah. And at first I wasn't sure how it was going to turn up because the sisters, you know, we do Easter in the park and that was the first event. We had to take our Hunky Jesus contest and make it virtual. <laughs> and everybody really pivoted. Like the community rose to the occasion and said, well, we still need to do these important fundraisers and these events, Folsom Street Fair. I hosted the LGBT Center Gala last weekend. I'm hosting Art for AIDS this weekend. Honey Mahogany and I hosted Pride together. It was all virtual. And there's also so many reasons, so many fundraisers. Uh, yes on 21, Grateful Garment, so many other different places that have reached out. So I'm actually doing drag as much, if not more. Yeah. Unlike most of us, you can't get away with just wearing yoga clothes at home when you're on Zoom. <laughs> well, at least from the top up. <laughs> I won't talk about what I'm wearing on the bottom. <laughs> we'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Here's another queen, Foxy Blue Snacks, who was dressed in red, white, and blue. Hi, Heather. I'm Foxy Blue Snacks. Black chips. <laughs> and what brought you out here this evening? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, as a queer, gender non-conforming child of an immigrant, I feel it very important to get folks who may still be on the fence uh, to vote, to active, you know, actively use their voice, to empower themselves to recognize that their voice does matter, 
I think that we're in a time where we question everything. Everything is upside down. All of, uh, you know, every poll's rules are different than people are used to. So there's a lot of new things, a lot of moving parts that are really important to use our platforms to activate people, to let them feel empowered to actually use their voice, which I think is really exciting. So for me, it, there's no apologies about wanting to remove the current administration from office. Yeah. I mean, I think there's absolutely no uh, secret there. Um, everything that this current administration stands for is actively working to create violence and to end not just myself, but everyone that I love. So wanting to use my power as someone who does speak publicly and as someone who gets to perform and to engage and to disrupt what is normally this patriotic red, white, and blue in a way that flips it on its head and gives it a new meaning kind of changes a little bit about what democracy really looks like. And here in San Francisco, we're um, usually preaching to the choir, telling each other how to vote. So is that why you kind of wanted to write letters to people in, in other states to get the message out beyond our little absolutely. blue bubble? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, working in a city where everyone is politically active, everyone is actively fundraising, everyone is actively working to get people to the polls, um, reaching out to folks in states that may not have that same level of infrastructure or support um, by way of local stuff. And so I, um, yeah, I'm excited to reach out to the folks in Michigan, maybe individuals who did not even vote in the last election, which may have potentially influenced, you know, getting us to where we are today, to let them know that they still have an opportunity to do so and to get out there and to wear their mask and wash their hands and reach out to elders who may need a ride to the polls and actually do whatever they can to get people safely to vote. Here's Honey Mahogany, a drag queen who works as a legislative aide to Supervisor Matt Haney. So Honey Mahogany, nice to talk to you. How was it to be writing letters in the victory booths? It was actually really meditational. Like it was a bit relaxing. It's been a hectic couple of weeks. You know, the only there's only what, 22 days till the election, but it actually felt really good to be writing down like concrete reasons why I want people to go out and vote and to be making that connection with people across the country. And what was the reason that you were telling people in your letters? Yeah, I said that, you know, my, my mother's health care is on the line. I mean, the fact is that Republicans have been trying to gut uh, the Affordable Care Act and they keep making tax cuts and putting the nation in deficit and, you know, Medicare and Medicaid, all of these things could be up for major cuts. And so that worries me because my mother's retired, you know, she relies on not just Social Security, but her, you know, Medicare. And so that is a, my mother also has asthma. And so um, thinking that she has a pre-existing condition, that she's older, that she isn't working, like, that's a very scary thing for me. So um, that's what I was telling people about. And in San Francisco, we're often preaching to the choir when it comes to politics. So does it feel good to be trying to convince voters who aren't from blue California and San Francisco to, to get out and vote? Absolutely. I mean, I think it is incredibly important in the swing states that we get people out to vote. They're the ones that are going to decide, I think, the fate of the nation. Um, but, you know, I think it's still important here locally as well. There's a lot of progressive people that are convinced that they're not going to vote because their presidential candidate doesn't represent their values and, you know, Ooh, there's some clacking heels in the background. <laughs> um, you know, that they're convinced that it doesn't matter who they vote for president because California is blue and it's going to go to the Democratic nominee. But, you know, I think that the fact is that 
people who are very progressive need to be involved and need to vote so that politicians care about their vote, right? That's how we move everything to the left is by engaging the far left and making sure that we can move the, um, the midpoint further left. What do you say to those um, people in San Francisco who are disappointed that most of them, I would say, that Bernie Sanders wasn't the, the choice and aren't wild about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? What do you tell them about the importance of why it's better to vote for them than not vote? Well, yeah, I think, again, like if we want progressives and people who are on the far left to be taken seriously by politicians, then they need to participate in the political process. And that means voting. If politicians already know that they're never going to vote for them, they're never going to cater to them. They're never going to be a part of their base. So they have to be engaged in the process in order to make a difference. And how does it feel to be out here with all of these other drag queens? I imagine you're not seeing each other as much as usual during a pandemic with nightlife mostly shut down. It feels great. I mean, I knew most of those queens, um, so I did see a couple new faces and, you know, it's just a reminder that we're still here, <laughs> even if we don't see each other all the time. Great. Well, it was nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you too, Heather. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Manny Yakutiel and the Drag Queens for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening. And don't forget our new podcast coming October 26th. It's Chronicled, Who is Kamala Harris? Subscribe now.